It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Wrestling Authority Radio, with your host, Chaotic Katie, the voice, Paul Eubanks, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Lock and load, wrestling fans, it's time for war! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another loaded edition of War. This is Wrestling Authority Radio, live in ER, the Evolution Radio Network. Tonight, we will be joined by the widow of the famous Bruiser Brody, Barbara Goodish, and we will be joined by the stars of SICW. Katie, would you jump in the green room and give Steve a hand? He's having some difficulties. I'm going. Who is all right? Okay. Uh, so they okay. Were, oh, yeah. Um, just a second, darling. Oh, uh, we will be joined by our guests momentarily, and we will um, definitely have a good night here tonight. I want to remind everybody that in two weeks from tonight, we will be bringing you our trainer's round table. The second time we've done one of these, Bob Evans is possibly going to be with us, as well as Rudy Boy Gonzalez, uh, maybe Les Thatcher maybe um, Danny Cage and several others. We're going to try to get as many trainers as what we can get. And it'll be a free lesson to all of you that are out there that are rookies uh, for free that you won't have to pay for. You just have to tune in or catch the archive. That'll be the 30th, the 6th of June. Ladies night returns a little bit early in the month of June as the ladies from glow will be here. It will be, oh, God, Jungle Girl, and I'm not sure who else. Steve Kane will tell everybody. Um, And, boy, is my switchboard lighting up tonight. So we're going to take care of that and try to get everybody screened. Katie's going to come back and let me know who we've got. And Steve will eventually be with us at some point um, as he's still having issues with his site. Um Unfortunately, so uh, we will be getting to our guests momentarily. 
And that's what's going on. Uh, I also did a new thing today where we took a topic and um, I sat down for an hour or 20 minutes and, and talked about it. Talked about two different topics today. Uh, acceptable all ages venues. And when it says wrestling on the marquee. And when it says wrestling on the marquee, you definitely want to make sure that uh, it is wrestling that you are providing on the marquee. Okay, who do we have with us, and can you figure this all out? Oh, um, Steve's in there talking with them. I told him to come out. Go. I mean, he won't come out. I don't know. This just reminds me of an episode of South Park. We're all in the closet, and we don't want to come out. But he's just in there babbling at them. So, yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know who's yeah. there and who's not. They're not labeled. They're not nothing. I know He's they're not labeled. Like, Nobody tells me anything. Okay, I'm going to tell him to get that hello the green room right now. All right. Uh, this is what goes on when Steve Kane only has one eye. And I don't know why this one caller keeps getting switched from the switchboard because I don't know who it is. Label it. Um, I, oh! He's stuck in the green room and can't get out. That's the problem. So I told him, I told him, refresh your studio. He'd call back in, whatever, but we need you. Uh, Do we have any idea who is with us so I can start bringing guests on, or should I just do this myself? Bring bring them on and have them introduce themselves. That's the only thing I can do. Okay? We'll start with this one. Caller 618, you're on the air. Who is this? Hello. Well, guess what? You go back on mute until you decide you're going to talk. Hello, caller 618. Come on. Going once. Going twice. Gone. We'll try caller 386. Oh, come on. Don't give me this. Thank you. Okay. Caller 386, you are live. Who is this? I guess that's me. I'm 386. Okay. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Herb, why don't you go ahead and do the introduction because you know this You know this wonderful lady um, well, her very, very, very here well. You didn't, you didn't label the studio. Well, or the I, I, couldn't, now. I couldn't. I couldn't label well, the studio. Is 618 Herb? Steve, it's this one eight. It's marked. It's marked. Okay. It's marked. All right. Herb, I'm gonna go see these other callers. So, Herb, are you there, Herb? (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? I'm I'm not catching from Herb, so I will go ahead and make the make the introduction because I have been wanting this wonderful lady on for. uh, Quite a while. We've uh, we've we've tried and we've missed uh, several times, um, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she indeed was married to the one, the only Bruiser Brody. So let's uh, say hello, good evening, and thank you to Barbara Goodish. Well, thank you very much, Steve, for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate everyone out there that, though it's been 30 years, 
this July that people still remember and uh, unbelievable. I think he's uh, more popular today than what he was when, you know, for his untimely death. And I think probably that is probably because of the YouTubes and all the technology that we have had over the last 30 years. So I appreciate you having me on, especially at this time with a big show at East Condolette. We've got the uh, Bruiser Brody Memorial Show on Saturday the 19th coming up and also the 59th year of memory celebration of wrestling at the Chase, which I know a lot of people in St. Louis will remember that. And I remember that uh, Frank Bruiser would work at the Chase so many times. So we're, I'm just mm-hmm. looking forward to coming back to St. Louis. Oh, it's 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 excellent. Um, I was actually I was actually trained um, by uh, Sonny Rogers, who uh, probably known because uh, because Sonny did uh, um, jobs for uh, TV for Vern up in uh, Minneapolis back in the okay. back in the day when when uh, when Frank was uh, working up there for Vern, and um, Sonny used to Sonny used to work. Uh, um, TV down at the Chase for Harley as well, and uh, he always he always told he always told me these funny stories about how Harley would like pick him up in the suplex, hold him up there, walk him around, and I'm gonna be a slight bit uh, uh, indelicate here, but I apologize. And but it's, this is the kind of thing that, uh, and I'm sure you know Harley probably better than uh, even I do, and he. He'd march Sonny around up in the suplex and go, "Hey, see that blonde with the big boobs in the front row?" <laughs> I know it's hard to believe it's thirty years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, oh my gosh. Well, Barbara, you know what? We all, we always, everybody talks about Frank, and as well they should. I mean, Frank was one of the was one of the great. You know, performers in our industry and that, but let's get to know let's get to know Barbara a little bit. Let's let's get to know you know your upbringing, what your interests were as a child. Um, you know how you even how you even ever discovered this crazy business, let alone married. You know, probably you know one of the most uh, you know um, eccentric performers in it. I know. Life sometimes throws you many, many uh, strange curves, as we all know at this age, as you look back, you know, over your lives, the uh, good and the bad. No, I I guess I uh, grew up in New Zealand. Barbara, uh, you still there? Oh, hi, Herb. Herb's back on the line. Hello. Hi. Hey, Herb. Herb. Hey, Herb's back. Hi, Herb. Well, Uh, hi, Herb. Bye, Herb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just lost again. Oh, again. Okay, well, I'll keep on then and just, you know, just, well, when you think about when you go back into the uh, 50s and 60s uh, growing up anywhere, it was not like the world is today. It was a very, very simple world, which I appreciate mm-hmm. now because I think we were, the older people, we were lucky we grew up with all this technology. So we just learned to... Uh, do things ourselves. I mean, you know, when you think back to reading books and no TV and growing up with no cell phones or anything and riding your bikes and climbing up trees and jumping yep. jumping off trees, it was a whole different lifestyle. 
back in those days and then yes. decided I wanted to travel at a very young age. I knew that I wanted to travel. I think maybe because my mom did not learn to drive till she was like 50 years old. So we used to go out mm. on a Sunday while she was driving and we would pick up hitchhikers. Now that might seem strange, but this was a very simple no. time. So these hitchhikers were from all these exotic places. Like, We didn't know about these places being so far at the end of the world that we were so isolated that we would pick up the hitchhikers from Germany and Austria and all over the place and learn about all these exotic places. And I think maybe that's what got my travel bug. It was like just listening to people talking and thinking, wow, there's a life away from here. And so as soon as I was able to, I went to uh, I went over to Sydney, Australia. And that's when everything began. And I ended up, worked several jobs, uh, stock options and et cetera, being secretaries. And I just was bored with that. And I thought there's something else in just working a nine-to-five job. It kind of, you know, it, you know, young enough to know there's more to that. So... So I thought, well, hotel work would be very exciting, but because I'd never had any experience on, you know, any of the hotel work, I knew I could work the machines. But remember, no computers back in those days. They were all by hand and by mind, so there was no computers. And so what I did was I thought, okay, how do I learn a machine? Because I know I could learn it. So I found out the manufacturer of the machine that was, Every time when I went for an interview, oh, you haven't, you don't work this, and I never got the job. So I thought, okay, I found out the manufacturer of the of the uh, machines they were using in the hotel. So I went to, I went to the manufacturer and I said, interested, my boss is interested in opening up a hotel in I forget where it was, like in the Gold Coast. Well, they went through all the machines for me. So the next time I went for an interview, I had knowledge. Even though I'd never used one before, I had all this knowledge and I could speak technical terms with them. I got the job. So sometimes you don't give up. If if you want something, you just go for it. That's what I've always learned in life. Just uh, And I got the job because I knew I could do it. I just needed a chance to prove myself. And, that's, and then wow. I ended up, you know... W- Working in the hotel, doing several different things in the hotel where Frank, where the American wrestlers were staying. So, I mean, they were just like my brothers. They were all just like my brothers because their wives would send letters. I mean, you wrote letters back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they would wait and I would, you know, come down and I'd get their mail and I'd give them their mail and they'd show me photographs of their children because that was the only way that you stayed in touch in those days. It was you waited for the mail to come. Well, there was, it, you know, you, you or you picked up the landline and landlines are becoming a thing of the past. Or, you know, Barbara, back in that day, you could pick up the pay phone and right. you'd have a calling card and call somebody. But yeah, you don't I have don't that anymore. Think- I don't I didn't even think back then they had even calling cards. This is way back in the 70s oh. now. There wasn't oh, even right. calling cards. Yeah, you, you, know. you fed, you fed no, quarters into the, you fed them you fed quarters quarters into the slot. Yeah, <laughs> quarters, I thought, I thought Americans used dimes. 
Right. You know, so this was in Australia. So, yeah, or it was a very expensive to make a telephone call overseas. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It probably still is. I, I haven't called overseas in a while, but I'm I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's probably still expensive if you don't have a long Can't distance that calling I Yeah, you get one of those calling cards at, what, five cents a minute or something. That's yeah, yeah, that's right. what no, you do. It was <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, w- it yeah. was a different time, you know. And you go back, and you th- I w- I I was born in 1990, so I got to yeah, see Frank crazy. stuff um, after you know he had already passed. And man, the stuff that that guy could do in the ring was absolutely incredible. But hearing your story of how you persevered through it and was able to get a job that, you know, nobody thought you were going to be able to get because you didn't know the machinery. That's, that's an amazing story. That's, um, we talk about a lot of, on this show the dedication of a wrestler, and while you might not have been an in-ring performer, you definitely have the dedication of somebody that works hard, which is what the dedication of a wrestler is. I never thought about it like that, but, yes, it's just I've always, I guess, growing up in such a remote country that if you ever wanted anything, you just you had to work for it. Nothing came easy. Nothing got put right. in your, I mean, even when you're in your own parents' house, you have you had to pay them rent. Right. You know, if you mm-hmm. got a job, it, there was no free, you didn't get anything free back in those days. Because, hey, 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 hey. I, I paid my mother rent when I lived at, at home, and there was a choice. You went to school or you went to work, period, the yeah. end. You know, so you never couldn't stay in the house without anything. You and you had to do chores as well. So you paid rent and did chores. Yeah. So not only were you slaving to pay your rent, you were slaving to 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 keep to have your keep as well. Yes. You know, which which is right when you really think about it, because Mm -hmm. that's how we learn. Exactly. You see, she's of the same ilk I am. Okay. She feels like she's raised just like me. (laughs) <laughs> Irish parents. Yep. I'm Irish. I have no. <laughs> so you there we go. Irish parents. Yeah, yeah. Scottish descent. Yeah, well, yeah. Irish. I can hear it. Yep, I can yep. hear it. <laughs> so, so am I. So am I. Now, and because it's funny because uh, yeah, because I mean you know you talk about what period you're born in and that, and of course I was born in the late fifties myself. And my dad was a World War II. My dad was a World War II veteran. So I mean, yeah, it, you know, the things the things that you the things that you are talking about right now are like you know right up my alley because that's 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 exactly how how I grew up. The old uh, you know telephone on the wall with a dial. That's right. That you with a had, dial. You know, with a dial. Okay, you you haven't been okay. I don't know about your siblings, but you haven't had the crap beat out of you until your sister comes at you with an old rotary dial phone, not the handle, ah! but the phone. Okay, <laughs> you, you don't know nothing. You have not had a fight with your sibling until, okay? <laughs> yeah, and that's the uh, truth. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let Barbara continue here because this is this oh, is definitely please, some please. excellent. Yes, please go ahead, Barbara. You. So how how I came to meet to meet Frank was it just happened one night somebody had uh, not come into work so I was getting ready to leave and I said well can you work the uh, what is that? I think it was the three to eleven shift 
So I thought, oh, I don't mind. I'll do a double shift. You know, I'd known all the boys, boys for quite some time, and I just happened to be as I was leaving. They, at 11 o'clock, leaving to go home, they all arrived back. They had done a show outside Sydney, all the uh, all the, uh, the American wrestlers. So uh-huh. I was getting ready to leave, and one of them, Carl Krupp, who is also uh, uh, deceased oh, now. Yes. Killer Carl Krupp. Oh, my Killer gosh. Killer Carl yeah. Krupp. Yeah, he was he was probably one of he was the best friends. We we got on really good, and you know, with between his wife and bringing things in to him, and like I said, they were like big brothers to me. And he said to me, he said, "Well, my boss happened to be an American, well, American Texas gentleman from Big Spring, I think, Texas, and he owned a bar up the street. I was in the hotel part, and you know, you you didn't socialize in the hotel." But he had right. a, a piano bar called the Bourbon and Bee that was up the street a little bit. So Carl had come in and said, "Well, hey, we're just going, you know, we're just going up to the Bourbon for a drink. Why don't you just join us? You've finished work, you know, come up and have a drink." Mm-hmm. I thought, "Oh, you know, when you work to eleven, like if you're working and wrestling or that, you know, you finish work late. You don't really feel, even though it's eleven <sighs> o'clock at night, it's like finishing at five o'clock in the afternoon." So right. I, I said, I never use it, but I said, oh, okay, Being a, I'll come up with you. Well, Frank was there, and by this time I'd known him for about six weeks, just, you know, passing in the hotel and helping him, you know, things. And uh, there was about 12 of us at the, we had a table, there was about 12 of us, and we're just all talking along. Well, strangely enough, one by one, Everybody happened to leave. That keeps saying, well, I'm just going to get a drink or I'm going to use the restroom or something, and they never came mm-hmm. back. And then in the finish, there was Carl, me, and Frank. And then Carl gets up and says, I'll be right back, brother. He never came back. Uh-huh. Well, of course, later I found out that he had worked me, that he had already arranged it because he didn't know how to get me by myself. So he had arranged this whole thing. And he even worked oh me. It was good. Oh my gosh, that is so slick. See, see, that's see. Now that's the that's one. That's a great story. I love that because you know, I mean, story. you know, a lot of people, you know, like I say, they, you know, they they know, you know, the Bruiser Brody side, but wow, Frank Goodish, what a romantic! Holy cow, that's a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you know, what the so, river? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I got work from the very beginning, and then we just sat and talked, and then I think progressively, like I said, it uh, it started from there. Oh my gosh! Wow, wow, that I heard. Have you ever heard this story from Barbara before? I mean, you probably heard a lot of stuff from her, but now have you heard this from her before? <laughs> Or is this new to oh, yeah. you too? Yeah, not only did I hear it from her, I heard it from Frank. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, oh! Yeah, my Frank. Uh, Frank. Frank. Frank uh, told that story a couple of times, and the one thing about Frank is it never changed. Uh, it was uh, love at first sight, and uh, he admitted that uh, to Larry and I numerous times, and. Uh, 
But uh, to hear wow. Barbara tell it, I, I, I can just, uh, I can see it happening. I can see Frank manipulating those guys and uh, saying, hey, now at this time you go and at this time you go. And uh, and they all, they all did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, Frank was you gotta, big you enough gotta realize and legitimately how tough enough that when Frank says, at this time, you go, <laughs> you you went. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just saying, Steve. You got to realize how intimidating that man was. I mean, I if I was sitting there, I'd, if I was sitting there, I'd say, bye, Felicia. Well, you guys have quite an event. It's the Bruiser Brody Memorial Cup. That you do every year. It's the 59 <laughs> Wrestling at the Chase, uh, 59th anniversary of Wrestling at the Chase, and Larry Matizik, uh tomorrow night will be doing a show at a comedy club or something of that along those lines. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Larry will be on stage tomorrow night. Of course, you know everybody's oh, wow. uh, aware that Larry, Larry has had some uh, health issues over the last several years, but uh, his mind is still good. And uh, the owner of the uh, place that's called the Hey Guy Comedy Club, they just had Jimmy Walker in there a couple of uh, weeks ago. They bring in quite a few of the, wow. of the comedians. But uh, Bruce, the owner of the club, knows that uh, wrestling uh, in the St. Louis region was big for many, many years, and we had had to schedule. Uh, uh, a while back when Larry got sick and we had to cancel it. And then I kind of thought they forgot about it. And then one day I get the call from uh, the owner and said, Hey, we still want to do Larry and you on stage and Bob Orton's going to be joining us. And uh, so uh, that's tomorrow night. Oh, and uh, I just, I just told Barbara before you went on the air, I, uh, I work for the uh, County here in the 911 department and my boss, the County executor is going to actually declare uh, tomorrow, uh, Larry Matisek uh, day in St. Clair County. And, providing with a proclamation and he's bringing a group of people there. So we're hoping it turns out good because, you know, Larry um, uh, for many, many years was the voice of the St. Louis wrestling and uh, brought a lot of entertainment in his uh, play by play. And then when he was the ring announcer at the Keel auditorium and checker dome, and and then uh, then started doing the TV, uh, did a great job in entertaining us. So this is just a little way we can show our appreciation and, uh, a lot of people, I think, will come out and uh, show their respect for him. And it's going to be a Q&A thing where they can ask, hey, what was it like working with Dick DeBruzer? or what was it like being in the office with Sam Muchnick all those years? So uh, I encourage any of your listeners out there that's in the St. Louis area to come on out and enjoy it. Absolutely, yeah. Herb. And the other thing is uh, Larry's actually got a, a set that is coming out on disc where you can hear him tell the stories of wrestling at the chase. So that's available now, I think also. Yeah. We just, uh, uh, released, uh, 1960 and uh, 1961 will be available tomorrow night. We got everything from 60 up to about 83, 84. Um, and we'll be releasing them periodically. And then tomorrow night also, and then on Saturday night at the show, we'll have the bruiser Brody, a DVD, which, uh, hopefully by now, all of you, the big wrestling uh, people you are, should have a copy of the Bruiser Brody DVD that uh, Barbara uh, was so uh, gracious in uh, uh, facilitating that. And if you haven't seen it, you got to get it because uh, you talk about uh, hearing her tell stories and other people who were close to Frank uh, 
uh, that's a must-have. Uh, it's a three-set DVD that uh, is a collector's item. Uh, we'll have that available both tomorrow night and then Saturday night at the Big uh, Bruiser Brody Memorial. Nice. Oh, I will oh, definitely wow. have to get a copy of that because a lot of things Same got here. shifted in my move. My dad just threw things in boxes, and I still have yet to find my DVD collection. So I'm a little bit mad about that because I had some stuff that was rare and stuff that I paid good money for. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers. I think Your it was dad called. Mean, Rust- mean or who's mean? Your dad mean, mean or who's mean? I think it yeah. was called. Um, I think it was called Wrestling with Gold. It was like a ten-hour set that came out, and oh, Jim Cornette did gold. some of. The- yes. Yes. Rest- wrestling uh, Gold. Jim- I know. I know that one. Jim Cornette did some of the commentary on it, and it was it was like ten hours of footage that you couldn't get anywhere else. I'm talking shark cage matches where, you know, they would literally put the, the it, it was amazing to go back and watch stuff from the sixties, the seventies with, uh, with Frank and, you know, um, man, they even had some stuff from the early eighties that was still black and white. And it was just amazing. Sure. I was like, wow. Uh, if you have never seen that wrestling gold, uh, try to find it online because it's definitely worth picking up. There's a lot of good footage on that. Um, and, you know, the the commentary that was supplied on that is good, too, because Cornette, if you know anything about Jim Cornette, and I know Herb does, and I know uh, Barbara's probably met Mr. Cornette over the years, he yeah, has yeah. a tape collection, and he has a big tape collection. So he probably helped provide some of the footage that was seen on that DVD. Um, it wouldn't surprise me one day because yeah. well, well, guys, I also want to talk about the, the Saturday night show. Um, not only is Barbara um, doing me another favor coming in this year, she actually rearranged some other plans, but she's always so gracious and, and, and helping us because, you know, this is something we do every year in May, uh, but she will be here. But along with her this year, uh, Dr. D David Schultz will be in the house. Uh, Yes. who was a uh, not only a um, good friend of Frank's, but had many battles with him uh, all over. And Dr. D will be in there telling some stories about him and Frank on the road. And uh, and he makes no bones about he's done quite a few interviews for me this past week. And when the reporters have said, you know, who was the toughest guy you ever fought and got in the ring with, and he didn't have to hesitate. It was Bruiser Brody. And, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw any matches between him and Frank, but uh, – uh, it, yeah, they were yeah. great. So uh, we're looking forward to having uh, Dr. D in the house along with Barbara. Larry will be there Saturday night. We got uh, the Bruiser Brody Battle Royal. We got two big cage matches taking place. Uh, uh, the SICW Classic title will be on the line. Um, so we uh, got the ladies on the card. It's an all star card. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, if I just had um, Barbara and Dr. D there telling stories, I think the fans would come and listen to them. But uh, we're going to give them a full uh, night of wrestling uh, at the uh, SICW uh, uh, East Grand Lake Community Center. Well, we got one man here that's got a problem with you just wanting to do uh, Dr. D, David Schultz, and Miss Goodish, because uh, you wouldn't have him there. Okay. Who is that? Then, then it- who? 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 Mr. Wild. 
Jimmy Jacobs in the opener and 
you were mid card or semi main event. So yeah, I'll, so I mean, you still you still you still top Jacobs in my book in that direction, but uh, the rest of it, well, you know. Hey, hey, but let's focus on SICW. Look at the fact. The fact is that I have been in more semi-main events than anybody else in that locker room, and I have had one, count them, one title shot at that SICW Classic Championship, and you got Herb Simmons on the phone. I think he's got some questions to answer. Why is that, Herb? Oh, my. Oh, uh, I'm, excuse me, I'm yawning. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're not like Katie and barking with an excuse that it's a laugh. Sweetheart, you that's know, a squeak, I, I, not a bark. That's a I, squeak. I, I, I think what I'm trying to say is, Curtis, you have the tendency to put me to sleep every now and then. Uh, it, it's, it's the same old, uh, same old song uh, that you sing. Well, he, day. Herb, I think I can step in here. He says that he's semi-main evented, so that's like Peter B. Beautiful saying that he was number 499 out of PWI 500. Yeah. Well, it, you know, let, let me put it. Let me put it this way. You, you know, went there, I, Sean. I, oh. <laughs> I, I, I always give credit where credit's due, and, and you know, there's sometimes, is, I hate to agree with people, but, uh, you know, Curtis is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, the problem is, is he brings uh, his um, um, whatever she is along. And, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and as he says, she's always, always got his back, but, you know, um, I've, I've put her in a cage. Uh, we've handcuffed her. Um, you know, I'm hoping with uh, uh, the May 19th show, I'm hoping she behaves herself. If not, you know, it, it hasn't been uncommon that Barbara has, you know, she's got involved in a couple of the times she's been up there. One one year she uh, managed to get a chair in. Uh, the next year she managed to get a trash can in to be used. So uh, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, Maybe Frank may not be with us, but I got to tell you, the next best thing, uh, Barbara Goodish is going to be there. Uh, <laughs> and if that don't work, I'm sure Doctor D. David Schultz is going to be there. Uh, oh, so Curtis, I would but, Curtis, I would suggest my, you walk the straight and narrow. Yeah, my number and, one ginger is is fragile. She's all woman, Herb. She she's not uh, one of these these uh, women that you would throw in the ring and have them. Uh, beating on each other like average barbarian. Well, I think wait a minute, wait a minute, the Curtis. Level. Wait a minute, Curtis. I think we need to review her contract because I remember a certain time where Wildfire was an active competitor. So, Herb, you're going to have to look into that because if she wants to keep getting involved in matches, if she wants to be treated like a competitor, then we'll treat her like one. Yeah. Well. That is until she got to SICW, and we started working smarter and not harder. We stopped getting our hands so dirty by trying to, to glad hand the fans and try to, to be the ones that get all the adulation, and we started caring about winning. And May 19th, I am going to show you exactly what that looks like, uh, Sean and all you other people. Herb Simmons, you're going to see exactly why I'm the leader of the new generation in SICW, and I have been for over three years. If you're the leader of the new generation, why haven't you won the title in three years? Uh-oh. You ask Herb Simmons that question. If he doesn't put wait, me wait, wait, wait a second. on the line. Wait a second. New generation? <laughs> um, 
you know, coming coming from somebody coming from somebody Uh-oh. who needs just for man more than I do, you're not a leader of oh, a new damn. generation. Oh. <laughs> well, well, who exactly are you relying on, Gary Jackson? I just put him in his place not once but twice in an SICW ring. I tell you oh, what, Herb. This is on your. This is your call. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay clear back in this because, yeah, I've got. I've got a ton of history with Curtis. Uh, and if I. And if I get. And if I get into into Curtis's history, like I said, though, the one thing that uh, Curtis has going for him in my book is that at the time. He was still a better. He was still a better wrestler than Jimmy Jacobs, so I always, I always put him, oh, up above Jacobs on the card. I, I, I will say well, that well, come you. May nineteenth, this coming Saturday, we'll see if the uh, the Wolf of Forest Park or whatever he claims he is, or the Hound of Baskerville. I don't know which he is. <laughs> we'll, 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 but we'll see if we'll see if he can there walk the walk. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the battle royal is going to be a a uh, you know every card every match that night on the card is a main event the way I look at it because uh, this is our big show of the year. Uh, so he's either got to uh, put up or shut up, and, and that's the way we do it. The SICW. Um, and if I was him, exactly I'd be real careful. Happen. That's exactly what's going to happen May 19th. The doors open at 6, the bell time's at 7 o'clock, and first I'm going to step in the ring with Billy McNeil. I'm going to take him for a ride on the wild side, and I'm going to put him down like I have everybody else you've put in front of me. And then I'm going to move on to the Bruiser Brody Memorial Battle Royal, and I am going to walk out on top because I am the Lion of the Loo, the Wolf of West County, and the Spark of Forest Park, and you all know it. Well, you heard it from him. Oh my God! I don't, oh my God! I don't know if I can argue. He's he's got he's got he's got almost as many nicknames as Carter's got pills. And Herb and probably Katie and Barbara and I are the only ones that uh, <laughs> actually get that reference. <laughs> and as an added attraction, as an added attraction, you've got not one but two cage matches, one of them for the SICW Classic Championship, a title that I'm soon going to have once I get that Bruiser Brody Memorial Cup. You're going to have a ladies match. You're going to have all kinds of big things happening, and you're going to get to witness Barbara Goodish bestow upon me the Bruiser Brody Memorial Battle Royal Cup. If she doesn't hitch <laughs> over the head with it first. <laughs> Hey, whoever whoever wins, on a phone call. Yep, whoever wins, I will be honored to give the cup to. <laughs> she just so didn't say how she was going to give you the cup, Curtis. That's what matters. You, yeah, you still you still got you still got to win it first. <laughs> well, how well, often gonna do be, I not gonna be... say what I'm going to do and then do what I say? <laughs> Well, it's going to be uh, some. We won't go be, there, be, Curtis. Never mind. <laughs> you know, Curtis, there's going to be uh, uh, roughly 14 to 15 other competitors in that ring with that battle royal. Uh, just this week, I've added another uh, gentleman who you're familiar with. Uh, uh, Keith Smith is going to be jan- joining in the battle royal. And I know you've Ooh. got history with him. 
And not only him, but Keith uh, Smith Jr. I don't know about history. I mean, they may have jealousy, but I've got no history with either <laughs> of them. See, they're, so they're in those Jimmy Jacobs type and, spots, and I'm up there with the Flash Flanagans of the world. And I would, I would, I would ask you, how are you oh, going to deal with these? Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> I would ask you, Curtis. Curtis, how, Curtis how do you? Do how do not. You, one, one, one at a time. I will whip you. I swear. Go ahead, Herb. Yeah, I would ask then you, then Curtis, how are you shot. going to deal? How are you going to deal with the 400 plus pound of Kowalski? What makes you think I'm not going to hoist him up on my shoulders and throw him out by myself? (laughs) On second thought, thought, what makes you think that I'm not smart enough to get everybody else to throw him out for me? Um, To answer your first first question, how do you plan on hoisting him up and tossing him out of the ring? I will have you know that I set leg pressing records in junior high in not only the machine, but in the. Leg- and how many? Hey, and, hey what and how many? Dec- oh, in junior high. Yeah, okay. And how many centuries ago was that? <laughs> that that's besides the point here, Herb Simmons. That's besides the I mean, point. I what mean, makes you think yo, that I'm not going to just talk everyone else into throwing him out for me? Curtis, I am you that, kind of because you have no friends. Curtis, you, Curtis, you couldn't talk Jonas in, people into throwing Jonas the Giant over the top rope in PCW, or you couldn't you couldn't even get Kurt, Jonas the Giant up on your shoulders. You're going back so, to like 2002. Yes, you but Jonas realize, the Giant. You was realize just, there's a thing called evolution, and I have evolved yes. as a performer. I've evolved not only physically but mentally, and I am the smartest man in that locker room. We will see about that when the 400 man squashes you and wildfire screams because you go splat. We will be seeing who's laughing then. Uh, how, how first, he, first he's got to first he's got to get through. First he's got to get through Billy McNeil uh, earlier in the evening. And if you don't know Billy McNeil, uh, I mean he may be able to run up one side of him and down the other. So it's going to be an interesting match. Uh, these two, I don't think they've ever met before. Uh, am I right, Curtis? This is your first time meeting Billy McNeil? For the first time ever. And the fact is we're both close to that 20-year mark. We've been all over the St. Louis area, but no promoter has been brave enough. So I've got to give you kudos, Herb Simmons. I've got to give the devil his due. You were the man who made this match. Well, I hope you don't regret it. As far as I'm concerned It's going to be a feeding frenzy And Billy McNeil is going to be nothing more Than my prey for the Lion of the Lou Okay Lion of the Lou Now let's see Okay now wait a second Now Barbara you know know what a Lou is Of course I do I know what a Lou is Yeah Yeah, that's what we used to call them In the old day yeah, exactly. What, what are you so, talking so about? In, so in other words, so in other words, you're you're the ta- you're the top guy of, you're the top guy of the toilet, Curtis. <laughs> no, 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 you you don't understand. You don't understand. We're in America. We're in America. This, America. this is not this is not a place where we refer to restrooms as a loo. 
This is a place that has dignity and refinement. You refer to it as a shitter. Do you realize that there could be children watching this? There could be children listening. How dare you use your language? Oh well, they could be watching the slideshow, so yeah. So he he, he, you know he, he gets a half a point there. I, I'm in Canada. The word shit is not a swear word. It's actually allowed on television, so I will use it. Curtis, <laughs> let me ask you a question since you say you're the smartest man in the SICW locker room. Who who would you bet for the next SICW champion? Is it going to be Mark Houston retain it with his uh, – a uh, man who's ruled the wrestling world for many, many years, Big Daddy, or is it going to be Flash Flanagan? You know, I, that's a tough call. That is a tough call. I've got so many factors that I've got to got to compute. There's a lot of variables involved. But the fact is, you've got the big hoss, Mark Houston, cowboy. He, he's the axe man, and he, he is a one big fella. He's a whole lot of meat to be moving around that oh. ring. Closest but on the other thing side, to Stan Hansen I've ever met. But on the <laughs> other side, you've got Flash Flanagan. Flash Flanagan has been everywhere and done everything. And Mark Houston's going to have his hands full. I know the kid just had a tryout for the WWE down in Florida. And uh, Flash Flanagan has been there. Flash Flanagan okay. has okay. done that. And when it comes down to it, I think Flash Flanagan's going to walk away with it, and I am going to be the first one that's going to jump in Flash Flanagan's face. Okay, so one more question, since you're the smart guy, and and that's in a cage match, and in the second cage match, the self-proclaimed king of SICW, along with the guy who never ever shuts up, Travis Cook, as we all know, and his oh, guy, Chris Hargis. Going against the return of the King of Chaos, none other than Ricky Cruz. Who do you like in that one? Well, I think Ricky Cruz is going to have to uh, prove himself again in SICW, and that's quite the challenge to uh, go against uh, Travis Cook's guy, who is the self-proclaimed king. I don't know how he's calling himself the king when I have the queen on my arm. I am the king of SICW, and I have the queen of SICW. But but let's get back to the match. you got Ricky Cruz on one side. You've got Chris Hargis on the other side. I'm going to go with Ricky Cruz. Why? Because I really don't care who wins there, but I really, really want someone to beat into Chris Hargis that he should have never called himself a king. <laughs> well, maybe somebody will well, beat well, into ma- you that you shouldn't ma- refer to yourself as the Lion of the Lou. Well, wait okay. a minute. Maybe, may, maybe we could have a king and queen tag team. Maybe Chris Hargis and queen Curtis Wilde. <laughs> oh, this is getting ridiculous. We got the new tag team. We got the new tag team titles. It's going to be coming out real shortly. So that might be something you want to look at. I mean, I think that would be a catcher for you and uh, Chris Hargis to say, Hey, here is your new King and queen team. And you're going to chase after those uh, tag team titles, the multi-state tag team titles. Only if he's the queen. Well, no, he's the self-proclaimed king. 
I am the king of SICW because I have the queen of SICW by my side. Well, we're going to go to one of our callers now, Uh, not to interrupt uh, (laughs) Wild. If you have to go, Mr. Wild, we understand. We're going to go to one of our callers now. Barbara Goodish's time. Yes, but we're going to go to questions for Miss Goodish from one of our good friends from WCW and the NWA, Crusher Knoss. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, good, hey, good. Hey, what's up, man? Hello, that, that, how that are guy, you? That, I'm doing great, Barbara. How are you? That, that, that guy, Curtis, just cracked me up. Lou, <laughs> he's the king of the crapper. That guy talked so much trash that I could uh, build a bonfire. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. I mean, he's he's always been the semi-main event. Always a bride, never always a bridesmaid, never a bride. I know a lot of people can't, you know, do what they say they're going to do. <laughs> well, we can't never say that about Frank. Frank did what he said he was going to do. Walked and talked the, the walk and did everything in the ring. Much respect for the man. Um, I grew up, you know, watching watching Bruiser on TV shows, reading him in the magazines and that as a wrestling fan. In uh, 1984, I, I was able to live out my dream, become a wrestler. 1986, I went down to Florida Championship Wrestling, was wrestling down there. 87, we were doing a house show in Jacksonville, Florida, my hometown, and I was waiting for my match, and that's when we got word about, you know, Frank's passing, and I was was just blown away. At a young age, I was maybe 21 years old at the time when, when he got the news about Frank, and it always amazed me. He heard the story about how how things went down in Puerto Rico and how a lot of the American wrestlers said they would never go back afterwards and stuff. But there's one thing they can never say about Bruiser Brody is that he was the toughest son of a gun that there ever was on the face of the planet. I don't care who you are, you know. I never got to, never got to wrestle with the man, but I've I've you know studied him. Much respect for the wrestling business and him blazing the trail for me to have the opportunity to do the stuff that I did when I was still in the business as a wrestler. Now I promote wrestling shows, so much respect for all those that came before me. I think that's why it's so hard to believe that it's 30 years and more people know of him today than what they did back 30 years ago. And he always used to come home, and all he wanted to do was to give the fans the best night of their life, something that they would remember and something that they would come out of there and say, are you sure it's not real? Because he... I mean, he just wanted for them to remember, well, 30 years later, I guess they he did leave that legacy. And I think the well, greatest story, and Herb knows this 
uh, Herb knows this story. We were in Vegas for the uh, CAC, the Cauliflower Alley Club, two weeks ago. And this young gentleman came up to me and he he said, I hope you don't mind. He was so polite. He said, I hope you don't mind me coming up. He said, I just wanted to tell you that I admire your husband. I've read your book. I've watched all the YouTubes. And he had wrestled there in Vegas that night. And I looked at him and I said, well, how old are you? He said, 29 years old. He was not even born when Frank passed on and that is the sort of legacy that he has people that were not even alive Absolutely. at that time you know yeah. and that i think that that was just the most amazing thing that i take away from vegas of the legacy that this man left in the world well the thing about that what you just said too barbara is this okay wrestlers today don't have that mentality that frank had of going out and putting out the best show that they could possibly put on. There are guys out there and even girls out there that want to be lazy and half-ass it, and then they want an increase in payday. And her, you know, you, you've probably had this happen. JB, you've probably had this happen too. If they go out there and put on a shit performance, they're not getting a pay increase. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's all there is to yeah. that. That. Yeah, it's you one thing I I always I always trained guys, you know, and that, and I said, look, I don't care if there's ten people in that crowd, let alone a thousand. You never, ever phone it in. You give those ten people the same show that you would give a thousand people, because those ten people are going to sit there. And they're going to tell a hundred people, especially right. if you, especially if you were bad. Right. Right, and and if you're good, those ten people will tell. And next time there'll be twenty. Next time there'll be more. And you build up the house. That's what he would say. It doesn't matter how, like you you said, it doesn't matter how many are in the audience. You still go out and give the best you can. Right. One hundred percent. I always told people, it's like, it doesn't matter how many people are sitting out there. They paid their money to escape from reality. Right. You just entertain them. Go out there and give it your all because you don't know who is sitting out in that audience. There might be someone sitting out in that audience scouting a wrestling show that has a connection to get you to that next level. You just never know who's out there. Exactly. Bingo. Bingo. Because, yeah, because it's, it's funny because, um, you know, um, I remember uh, when, uh, when Sean Devari uh, got his, uh, got his, got his uh, tryout with, uh, with uh, what was then WWF. Um, and, um, he and then when and when they you know when they talked to him, they said you know hey make sure make sure you bring make sure you bring the carpet in that because his finishing move was where he'd take his carpet, oh, uh, jump over the top rope, holding the carpet kind of like an Aladdin type thing and land on his opponent, and he was like, how do you how do you know about that? And they're like. 
And they're like, we've had guys watching at shows watching you. So, yeah, you never know oh, in that in that 10 people if there's, you know, not a scout for for uh for one of the for one of the main promotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always show up early. I w- that was ingrained in, in in me when I started off in this business. I always go to the venue no matter where it was. I always got there early. We always try to get there 2 hours early before the show. Sometimes we got there, you know, at noon time where we'd go get some lunch or something and come back to the venue. And you know, just get on your gear and sit there and wait, you know, for you know instructions from the promoter what he wanted and everything, and just go out there and do your job. Yep. And, yeah. Yep. Exactly. And another thing, I I think why Frank became so popular, because he treated it as a business, like anyone treats their work. He did not lose sight that he was Frank Goodish. He had the character Bruiser Brody. But he could define between the both. When he was on the road, he was Bruiser Brody. When he was home, he was Frank Gunnish. So he never went into that character. Like some people, when you create a character, you become that character full time instead of who you really are. Who is the real person? You're not this character that somebody created. You are your person. And I think when you do that, you tend to lose sight of what is really important in life. Right, right. Gee, that sounds like well, Mr. Wild. <laughs> well, yeah. with, with my with my thing, you know, um, I answered to Crusher more than I answered to my, my real name, Rick. You know, to me... It it doesn't bother me if, you know, people call me Crusher. I, I've been, no. you know, all the guys, you know, usually call ourselves, you know, by our wrestling names anyway, and we're used to it. So I never really differentiated it, you know, from my personal life, from my wrestling stuff. I didn't, you know, try to insult the fans either. If they come up to me, because I'm very, got a very unique look. I'm a big guy. I don't see myself through my eyes the way people perceive and look at me when they see me. So it's like I've had a lot of people come in and be, are you a wrestler? No, I'm not a wrestler. Get away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I usually get mistaken for several times I got mistaken for uh, earthquake. You know, yeah. you're earthquake? No, I'm not earthquake. You look like him. I said, well, thank you very much, you know, and yeah. <laughs> go, about, go about my business. But just the one thing I learned – Early in life, early in my career, is don't insult the fans' intelligence. No, this this is totally it, and that's the one thing, Frank. He was always polite to his fans because he knew without the fans, there is no wrestling. There is no. You're not bringing people into the building. They are. That's your bread and butter are the fans. So they're the ones that should be treated well because they're the ones that will come back and they're the ones that are paying your salary. Yes, ma'am. They're the ones that are going to go out and tell their friends about you. The thing that I talked about today is you have to have a quality product. There are too many promoters out there that are running around that don't have a quality product. We have Mr. Herb Simmons on here who has been promoting for close to 40 years, you know, uh, that's uh, that's a big task, and you can't you can't have 
somebody that doesn't know the business try to promote the business because it doesn't work. Exactly. And that's what happens. We have, and I don't mean to say it like this, but we have too many chiefs running around and not enough Indians. Right, and Herb still that's, has that's that old school. Yeah, he's still mm-hmm. doing old school wrestling like it used to be way back in those days. Right. Well, too many people want to copy what this WWE and, and TNA and all the other ones are doing. And it's like, no, just focus on building your product. Be unique, be you, and you will make right. money. I promise you, if you focus on being you and set yourself apart from everything else, you will make money. The, give the people what they want, and they will come. Yes. It's like I tell the wrestlers will. today. I say, go back and look. At all the, the technology that's available to you guys today, back in my time, there wasn't all this technology that was available to you. You couldn't look at, you know, there was no such thing as the Internet. There was no such thing as YouTube. There was no such thing in those iPads and Twitter and all this other stuff. Right. You know, it's like you got your information by watching wrestling shows, through the magazines, and that was it. Yes. So, right. And so, you know, guys today, it's like, go back and look at this stuff. Listen to these, you know, watch these matches. You can learn so much from watching matches from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And this is what this young boy told me. Yeah. Go back and listen to these guys' stories. It's like we've had this conversation several times, you know, on on this radio program, Barbara, that, the wrestlers are dying off. The, the old school is dying. You know, it's still alive. It's alive and well. I I firmly believe that. But you have the yeah. wrestlers, you know, that back in the days when I was growing up, that had you know the pictures on my walls and the magazines and everything and the videotapes and stuff. Their 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 time has come and gone. And if you don't sit there and and listen to their stories. You know, those are going to be gone, right. too. And this is what this young gentleman uh, in Vegas, this is what he told me. He said, I'm going back looking at all the old matches, you know, mm-hmm. matches, you know, of Frank and that, and said, I just admired the way he worked. And, you know, so here's someone, 29 years old, that is starting, exactly what you said now, is starting to go back and look at the old school wrestling. And maybe that's the beginning of the turnaround again. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's yeah. I, I talked about that out. today, Barbara. I said wrestling is on a boom period because literally uh, we've got things that are going on in the wrestling business all over the world that are changing the business, changing the game in 2018 and i think in 2018 wrestling is going to hit its boom period again if not 2018 2019 definitely before 2020 we are going to see a boom period in professional wrestling like we haven't seen in decades and it's going to be amazing we just have to wait for it you know you know what's happening it's because we've gone back to the gladiator with the MMA right. and the UFC and everything, with the violence. I mean, I've watched a couple of those uh, matches, and you talk about violence in those matches. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
that has started off, I think, the whole thing. I mean, the gladiator mentality. People want to see people beat up. Go figure. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. That's just it. You, you, put the, you put the nail in the coffin and you hammered it down. It's done. It's in there. You hit the nail right on the head because the thing about it is this. Believability is huge. I talked about yes. this with yes. you today, too. I am sick and tired of promoters that want to throw away kayfabe and, you know, their guys go out, oh, I'm winning the title in two weeks. If you yeah, were to wow. tell somebody, if I were to tell you that you were going to win the title and you go out and tell people, I'm firing your ass. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. Because yeah. that is sacred. What I tell you stays between me, your opponent, the referee, and that's it. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. The, the very first time I was told I was going to be uh, holding the strap for the company I was wrestling for when I first started, I thought the guys were ribbing me. I hung up the phone. <laughs> then they called back and they said, hey, man, no, I'm serious. I said, yeah, right, and I hung up the phone again. You know, because it's like, this is a cruel joke, man. I, said, I haven't even been in the business, you know, that long, and you're talking about, Oh, well, let's get good one over on Crusher, you know. So I just, you know, didn't believe him. And then when, uh-huh. you know, I said, yeah, this is what's going to happen, you know. It's like, wow, you know, okay, well, I'm honored, you know, I'm shocked, but, hey, yeah, cool. But you don't yeah. tell anybody about it. You don't even tell your family. No. Because if your family's buying family. a ticket, if your family's buying a ticket, you don't want them to know either. Oh, no, I didn't smart my family up at all. You yeah, because you tell one person, you tell everybody. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know it's they like two people, and they tell two people, and they tell two yes. people. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. It's, it's like it's like everybody going. Uh, you know, one of the things that I I I kind of put a kibosh on between my workers. I was like, I really don't want to see you guys all hanging out together on Facebook, like, right. and I don't want that public to the fans because. That just looks bad. If I'm booking you in matches against each other and you have a picture, a group picture of everybody together, then that's a problem. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if you've all got alcoholic beverages in your hand. Then they know you're all buddy-buddy. Right. 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 I just, I don't, I don't understand, you know, why the mentality has changed because, Back in Frank's day, if you were seen with a baby face, Frank would have lost his shit. Uh, excuse my language, but that's the way it would have been. You don't get seen with a baby it. face in the 70s. And, uh, well, 80s in that. Back when I was you know, growing up watching like wrestling, it. Florida Championship Wrestling, Eddie Graham was the, the head you know, booker promoter in the Florida area. And he told his guys, if I catch you, you know, you guys socializing with each other, I'm going to fire you. If you're getting, a, you're in the bar and you get in a fight, you lose. I'm going to fire you. You know. Mm-hmm. See, my my dad, my dad was a dickhead, okay, and thought he knew everything. He used to tell me that at the heels of the faces, would go and have drinks after the show, and I just looked at him. I go, why would they do that? And then my, my dad would look, my mom would look, so will you just shut up? <laughs> stop ruining her child. Right. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I was just like, just stop. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, a lot of times, too, I mean, because what you're talking about here, Crush, um, uh, when when we would set when we would set up title changes in some of the promotions that I that I work with, and that a lot of times the only people who knew that the title was going to change hands was the guy who was dropping the strap, the promoter, and myself. We didn't Correct. even tell the guy that was getting the strap until, as I'm counting, I'm going one. Two congratulations, three, yeah. and then and then and then they just look like what? <laughs> Get, matter it, of it, fact, it gave I, a great I pulled, legit shock. Matter of fact, I pulled that card last September on my show. Uh, had changing of the guard. Had an issue with one of the wrestlers. Had had to spank his bottom, teach him a lesson, and. He lost a match to a woman that used to be a dude, but then she ended up turning around and losing the belt to, which I friendly refer to as a midget. He's not really a midget, but you know the guy's kind of small. But uh, okay, and well, I'm kind of small. I told, I'm, I told I'm, him, I'm I said, you know, right, <laughs> right before he went out there, I said, oh, congratulations, you're winning the belt, and he just looked at me and said, what? He didn't. He, I didn't give a chance to, you know, even, you know, register what was going on. I said, "Go out there, go out and get it." There you go. <laughs> I don't think. Wow. I don't think the. I think the only time I ever told the guy that he was getting the belt, uh, when we strapped our first champion in 2012, it's uh, and I'm almost coming up on the five year anniversary of that show or six-year anniversary, excuse me, um, we we told the guy when he got there, and I pulled him aside, and I was like, um, can you make all the dates? Pretty sure I can. Okay, congrats, you're going to be the champion. What? Right. See, you know? I, don't, I don't even like giving out finishes to the guys anymore. You can't even do that because they give it away. No, because, because it's like I have a show coming up July 21st. Uh-huh. And I've got my card. I got my card booked. Right. I've already had three wrestlers contact me back and go, "What? What's the finish? What are we gonna do?" I said, "Well, why do you need to know? Well, I want to know so I can get with. I want to <laughs> get with a guy, you know, and, and discuss it. Well, okay. Say you, you. Okay, Sean, I got you on the card. Right. I'm gonna. This is what I want. Well, what do you right. want? Okay. Well, I want to contact the, who I'm working. Why? Well, I just want to, for my information, look them up. Well, you can look them up on YouTube like everybody else, like I do. Scout them. Yeah, Watch do some matches. research. Yeah, do some there research, you, you know. It's like, well, this, what do you want done? Okay, this is what I want done. Well, I think we should do it this way. Why? What makes your way better than, you know, what I'm thinking? You know, you might have a good idea. I might listen to it, but that's not going to be the gospel. You know, right, this yeah. is what I want you to do. <laughs> because a lot of guys today have this mentality of going out there performing in front of people. It's all shits and giggles for the boys in the back, not for the people that paid their hard-earned money to be entertained for, and forget about their outside problems. Boom. You know, Boom. And, and it's just, you know, I hate giving out finishes, you know, because – 
then everybody's going to be in on it. And that's the one thing you don't. You want to have that that shock factor. People sitting in the audience go, wow, I didn't see that coming. But if you tell, and see, that's the thing. You tell these wrestlers this, then they tell somebody, and they tell somebody. It's like a big damn food chain, you know, then everybody's in on it. Well, right. and that's just exactly. it. Your finishes can't exactly. be given out. I I will tell a guy or a girl who they're working, and I leave it at that. Um, unless I have an angle that I'm going to be doing with them, and I go, look, I'm going to need you for this, 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 and this date, and this yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah, um, right. When Sean when Sean know. and I would when Sean and I would set up cards, oh, the only thing that and this is an agreement that Sean and I had because we wanted to keep everything solid. The only thing that any of these guys were allowed to know beforehand is if they were going to have mic time. And the reason that we do that is so they make sure that they would come up with something competent to say when they, you know, when it was their, when it was their time. The finishes, right. I would I would cook I would cook them up. Oh, and Sean and I would agree to them, you know, and that, and they stayed they stayed on my sheets, and nobody nobody got them until I met with them the night of the show, and I would and sit down and, 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 and say, "You're doing because, this, you're doing that." Well, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, 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 more, but because I don't want to lose Barbara here. Uh, yes, I was going to big... say I I need to uh, be saying goodbye. So that's fine, uh, Barbara. Is there any I'm other okay, questions? Any anything more that I can answer before I say goodbye that I've enjoyed uh, it? Let me let me get one of our other callers <laughs> that dropped and called back in queue. Billy, <laughs> do you have anything for Bruzy? Br- I don't have any questions at this time. He's an author. Okay. okay. So yeah. what what I was going to say, yeah, thank you, but just to make sure, the SICW big show, Saturday the 19th, which I'm looking forward to once again, on the Bruiser Brody Memorial, and I'm going to have some copies of my book that Larry and I co-wrote together. And uh, we will both be there, so it'll be a chance to get both of us having signatures on the book, which is very unusual to have both authors' signature on it. So I'm hoping that whoever's in the area will be able to come down. Well, Barbara, I I really appreciate, you know, being able to talk to you personally this time on, on, you know, via telephone and that, and... Hopefully, you know, I can get with you in the future, and maybe we could work out a project together and uh, have you on one of my shows. That would be – just message me anytime on Facebook. If we're not friends, just uh, give me a give me a uh, message request. Yeah. Yeah, yes, hey, hey, we're, hey we're, Rick. We're both friends hey, on Facebook. Okay, and, there you oh, go. I got to say, because I got to say, Rick, you can find her through me too, but uh, if you've already got her, that's awesome. Yeah. And thank yes, thank you so much for having me on and uh oh, keep in touch thank and you, Barbara. Thank you we so much. And, and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Take care. Thank, thank you. you to Herb Simmons and SICW and Barbara Goodish for tonight. This has been absolutely wonderful. Herb. I'd like to and thank Curtis uh, Wild. Curtis yeah, Wild. 
Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Sean, we still got what? about 45 minutes to kill unless you're, yeah, unless you're like, yo, I'm done. At which no, point, I'm not yeah, done. I'll... I'm not okay. done yet, but uh, we're right. going to take a break. Why don't I got to say, why don't we take a break real quick? need a break. Quick. I need music. Um, what do you want to hear, Katie? Do you want to hear new Guns N' Roses, new Alice in yeah. Chains, or new Stone Temple Pilots? Um, hey, who well, let out? I don't know. I don't know if I want to <laughs> know STP or GNR. Oh, my God. Okay, um, i got to flip a coin. I'm not even kidding. How about some twisted sister? No, man. Okay. <laughs> okay wait, 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 wait. Head STP, Looney. Okay. Okay, I've got a loony, so heads STP, and if it's the loon, we get GNR. Okay, what do we got? Okay, STP. Oh, Temple Pilot. I just hope it's good. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> otherwise, I can otherwise I can have a write up real quick. Get it for me because I can't find it. I don't know what you labeled it. Okay, I got it. I gotta give. Yeah, just I gotta take a second there. Okay. All right, uh, so everybody just, yeah, so everybody just, uh, we'll be, we'll be right back. You're listening to War Wrestling Authority Radio on the Evolution Radio Network.
you ever wanted to become a wrestler, a referee, or a manager, well, then you got to come and join us at Welfare Wrestling. We got some of the best trainers around. They've trained at Northwest Georgia Championship Wrestling, Southwest Florida Championship Wrestling, Alabama Championship Wrestling, and all them other there championship wrestling. And we charge $10 worth of food stamps that our weekly show is behind Myrtle's Trailer Park. And that's what you get paid, food stamps. That way you can come and wrestle, and then you can go over to Floyd's and buy yourself that T-bone steak for $1.50. So come on down to one of our weekly training sessions, Monday nights, Wednesdays right after church, and Friday nights. Come to the training camp right behind Goober Piles Gas Station, maybe area RFD. We'll be looking forward to seeing you. Y'all come down now, here. Professional wrestling. Entertaining action that attracts a crowd and provides excitement at a fair or festival. The right promotion will have professionally trained talent with professional grade ring gear and equipment. Fairgoers will want to see more of them and attend ticketed events in the area. Bring the wrong promotion, not vetting their credentials, you could end up with an embarrassing disaster. The talent may have no ring gear, little or no professional training, aren't family friendly, and perform so poorly, you'll wish they'd return to the backyard they came from. Burned organizers won't chance bringing in pro wrestling ever again, shutting out legitimate promoters. And the fairgoers, if they want to see wrestling, will only go to WWE events. If you want live professional wrestling at your fair or festival, don't get burned. Check their credentials before you book. A public service announcement from the Nosebleed Seats. You can contact us on Facebook for more information. Central Illinois Pro Wrestling. All right, and we are back. Welcome back. Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, pretty soon uh, we'll uh, uh, <laughs> y'all like uh, welfare wrestling. Well, pretty soon we're going to be coming up with a brand new one. Um, I, uh, I found I found the I found the I found the right music for it uh, just the other day. Now I got to come up with some uh, ideas for. Uh, for the uh, you know, script part, and uh, you know, get get everything get everything put together because it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of work to uh, get this uh, just where I want it. But uh, <laughs> I think I think what's, I what's think gonna, that I, what's that? What's it going to be? I say that my lawnmower money. Do I want to be a wrestler? No, it's not going to be anything like that. Uh, no. Matter of fact, this You'll, is going to take us into our next subject. Today, I talked about acceptable venues for all ages events. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't believe that a uh, bar is a proper place for a child to be attending a wrestling show. I don't believe outside of a strip um, club and an adult I, film I store. Okay, hold on a second. If it's at a bar, I don't know what your laws are like there, but here, children are not allowed in a bar after 9 o'clock. Um, well, here in the States, but we do have venues at bars. <laughs> the rock, the rock pile out here, the rock pile. Bernie will tell you straight up. Her her promotion and and others do do their shows there. Yes, they do at the bar. Well, but the ceilings are high know, enough, and there's no kids. That's no kids uh, the main thing. Uh huh. 
laws are different in the states than it is up in Canada. I mean, you know, you could you could do a bar show and have kids in a bar, but it's not right. No, it's it's you know it's because I mean you got a bunch of adults you know running around drinking alcoholic beverages and stuff and you know and they get, yep. To get rowdy and stuff, and the last thing you want, you know, some kid to be exposed to something like that. I remember I mean, one of the I first agree. wrestling shows I went to as a child. There was guys uh, uh, wh- uh, whipping around an 18-inch double-headed dildo and chasing guys around the oh, ring with it. I, I don't care who you. Oh, are. they That's do those kind of matches here in Florida. <laughs> We don't do that crap here. Or maybe we do, and I haven't seen it. I didn't witness it in person, but I saw it on, on off of YouTube, a uh, show in Gainesville was Fest, called Fest Wrestling. And this guy was two guys that I know for a long time, Effie versus uh, Leon Scott. And they went at it. With a phallus of dildos. Oh, good God. Okay, a phallus, you know, and, a phallus and a dildo, um, that just tells me um, how big of a phallus it was. How, like, yeah. It was very large. Phallus one dildo, one, yeah. one was look, shaped like phallus, a, okay? a, an arm in a, in a fist. Oh, <laughs> one of those. Okay, that's, those are novelties. I don't know anybody who uses them, and if they do, um, yeah. Well, they got used. They got used on top of the bar. Ew, ew, I'm going to... Oh, okay, I, I will see it. <laughs> you know, I mean, crowds crowds like that, you know, getting, letting the crowds participate and, and stuff like that. I, I'm real iffy when stuff comes like that because to me, and it's just my personal opinion, stuff could go wrong. Absolutely. Fans could get hurt. You know, fans can get rowdy and stuff and take a take a swing. This is we, ECW we original, C.W. Anderson. We used You're to listening do a to show. CWR Slam on the Graveyard Radio Network. The reason I listen to that is because I'm an Anderson. That's right, <laughs> baby. We used to do a show at a, a place called Boxy's. It was a sports bar and grill. Uh-huh. We wrestled out on the deck and that. And one time I was coming to the ring. And my other persona is Twisted Sister. I had a nun outfit on and everything. And so my ver- my vision is obscure. I could only see straight ahead. I couldn't see, you know, side for side because I had you know, nun habit on and everything. And <laughs> going to the ring, oh, buddy, I rocked it. Let me tell you. I rocked it. <laughs> and I was going to the ring, and I felt someone grab at me. I turned around and went to co-cop the person. And it was one of the guys I worked with, his father. And I didn't realize who it was at the time, so he got socked in the in the in the in the nose and that. And I was wrestling his son. His son was in the ring. His son got so pissed, he left the ring. You know, it's like <laughs> oh I didn't know God. that was your father that grabbed me. You know, it was Maybe just an automatic reaction. No, no, he didn't set it up. It was, it was, it was a kind of rapport that I had with his, with his dad. We'd always like rib on each other and stuff. 
So I guess his dad thought, you know, oh, I'll just take a swat at Crusher when he's going to the ring and you know, everything be cool. Well, you know, I wasn't <laughs> in on it, so, you know, I thought it was a fan, trying, you know, trying to grab, you know, at me and stuff. So, you know, that didn't turn out very well. He, I'm standing in the ring and going, where are you going? Come back. You know, it's like I'm on the microphone. Next thing I know, he's got his family loaded up in the car, and he's driving out of the venue. <laughs> I'm standing in the middle of the ring. Oh, shit, eh? Wow. Uh, Crusher, you were not here when we were talking about it. Uh, You have young children. Would you take your young children that are relatives of yours to a wrestling show outside of an adult film store and a titty bar? Not no, but hell no. (laughs) Thank you. I knew what that. Thing? Blue hell. Oh, oh, by the way, I saw that promo and I went back and looked at it a couple more times. The guy that the, the, supposedly the money man and the, the short squatty dude that was doing all the talking. Yeah. That that dude's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't form a sentence if Stevie Wonder was standing there feeding the, the test tube. <laughs> 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 and I've known uh, the squatty guy for almost the entire uh, my entire career. <laughs> he was sitting there talking, then he stumbled over what he was talking about, and he looked like he was half lit anyway. You know, I don't know if he was smoking something. He was on something. He needed to be on a pair of stilts because he was short. <laughs> hey, now, leave my short people alone. Hey, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with short people. I know a lot of short people. They have their place. Craft what? Cookers Wrestling Usually it's presents... at the bottom. Mess oh, Cookers wow. Wrestling presents a show that will actually happen. Starring Guys on Meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... And in in the, the the main attraction, this guy that likes to mess with young wrestlers... Uh, not only that, yes, yes, uh, we're going to get into that again. I've been needing to get into that. Uh, folks, uh, this is going to be your public service announcement, and I need to get something off my chest, so I need to get this clip ready. Are you ready for this? Are y'all ready, ready for this? I'm ready. Wish I had that clip. Y'all ready for this? Chip, you know <laughs> what? You just made the list. Oh, no.
Well, I told everybody a couple months ago about a gentleman that is a spinning image of Abdullah the Butcher by the name of the Beast. And yeah, I saw the picture of that guy. The thing about it is this. The Beast has only been wrestling once a year in Princeton, Illinois. He has not been in this area for a very long time. There are reasons behind that. And Steve Kane and I are going to tell you what those are. Steve's going to tell you about the first one, because if, re- if memory serves me correct, either you or Komets were there when it happened. No, that, and... would, have been, that would have been John. That would have been John. I, you know, I mean, because the stories that you guys know are, are things that, uh, you know, they never, let's put it this way, they never happened when he worked, when he worked for me at Powerhouse. Oh, all these things happened past Powerhouse. Okay. Because uh, he worked at Powerhouse shortly in 2008 uh, yeah. before he opened HTWA, before that falling out, and I'll get into that. But uh, it, started at HC, it started at Powerhouse, and what happened was Will Price, who was one of the guys that headed up the rec center that they were running outside – uh, caught beef with a guy that was under uh, somebody that was underage, and Beast was banned from the fucking town. I am not kidding you. Wow. Banned from the fucking town. They told him, wow. "You ever step foot back here, we will charge you with this." No, que- no wow. questions asked. Wow, he got off easy. Mm-hmm. So they, and everybody vowed, even I vowed, because at one point I was going to bring him back in, and Steve and I had a long talk about it, and he says, you can't do it. He says, there's too much heat. There is way too yep. much heat on that guy. Exactly. So you fast forward a couple, a couple months, uh, he opens HCWA, and he wants to take me to a hotel before I'm 18 for some training. <laughs> Training. Training. In a hotel room. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like, yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to learn the rules. You and I would know something up with that. uh, We fast forward a couple months. I'm still working for their promotion. It's John Kometz and it's Beast. And I mainly am in with John Kometz, not Beast. Um. But Beast is the one that's there more most of the time because Kometz is on the road trucking. So we fast forward a couple months. I bring the new boyfriend that I have to the show, and they let him work the door because they trust me, and they know anybody that uh, is around me they can trust. So they let him start and work the door. We have no issues for a couple months. We fast forward to May of 20, 20, uh, 2009, and uh, we have an issue. And I don't, I'm not alerted to the issue until after the morning of. And had I known about it, I would have probably slaughtered this motherfucker like a pig. I would have found some way to do it. Don't know how, but I would have found a way. Whether it included drugging him or what have you. And well, you, can, you, can, uh, you can accuse me of attempted murder, but um, I didn't do it. And I'm not going to do it because he's not worth it. But if, believe me, there were contemplations done about it. So, or would have been contemplations done about it if I would have known about it that night. 
So, I find out the next morning. Uh, we call the cops. We get in touch with the cops. I get in touch with the other promoter. I say, look, this is what's going on. And, uh, you know, there was some stuff that went down. And I ended up forgiving, not forgiving him, but going back and, and working another show um, just to say goodbye to the audience pretty much and got fucked on that show too after I was promised everything under the sun. I then go start working for another promotion that treated me really well over in Iowa and I send some guys to HCWA from the Iowa show. that we, we had a double booking. We both had shows on that day. So we had an early bell time, so I sent I I put them on early and sent them down to Princeton. Well, Beast tried to pay them in weed. The fuck? I'm not even shitting yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be like, exactly. oh, I want an ounce. I mean, give me an ounce. <laughs> well, there's one problem with that, Katie. It doesn't put gas in your tank if you're coming from out of no. town. No, but it's Give worth me a brick. Bucks and I, can, you know what, <laughs> I love you, Crusher. I fucking there love you, go. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me a brick, and I'll pretend I'm going to let you, you know, have your way with me. Kick you into ding ding. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not two bricks. Make yeah. them a gelding. Yeah. That's a yeah, fuck exactly. of fine, but that big fat fuck. So yeah. we uh, we fast forward a couple years. I'm o- going. I'm attending shows over in Iowa, and this kid that was the grandson of the backer of the company in Iowa that I was working for comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, Beast wants to take me into a hotel room for some training." I was like, uh, "You don't go, and here's why." Well, he went back and told Beast, and Beast thought it would be a fun idea to post my HIV status everywhere, which I really don't give two shits about. Uh, but it's illegal. So I called him on it and I reported him to Facebook and he cried and boo-hooed and fucking all of that. Meanwhile, Rus- or, uh, Rumble for the Kids started in mm, 2012. Yes, 2012 or 2011, one of the two. Um, right. And they have allowed him to be a part of that every year, knowing full well what happened. Because Frankie was my opponent the night it happened. One of my opponents. I had two opponents that night. Frankie was one of them. Frankie was alerted to what was going on. I am the reason that HCWA Midwest closed. Because Beast and Kometz finally had a falling out over it, and Kometz said, fuck you to Beast, and Beast started shit and got the cage canceled on the last show and a whole bunch of other shit, and that's why HCWA closed and it was reformed as NWA Optimum. Because we had to get the stink of Beast away from it. And that is why Beast right. was never brought back to the area by any of the other promotions that ran the area besides Rumble for the Kids. Because they were willing to look past what happened. And what happened, I have witnesses to. I have people that were there that know how the boyfriend was affected by what happened. Because I'm going to tell everybody something. We were, these shows were in Princeton, Illinois. We were from Rockford, Illinois. If you look at a map, that's pretty far. That's about an hour, hour and a half distance. He wanted to leave with somebody he didn't even know from Princeton to get away from the situation. Oh, wow. 
that tells you that something's happened. Something happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's not okay. And right. for this this guy's been friends with Bees for all these years and oh he's a great guy. He's a great guy. We're gonna take care of you, Beast. Beast is probably helping fund this thing. Wouldn't put it past the man to be funding this thing. Meanwhile, the promoter of Rumble for the Kids is said to have something to do with this. That's the irony in it all. They're going to run an all-ages mm-hmm. show at a fucking titty bar outside of a goddamn uh, fucking adult film store. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And this, and this adult film store has booths where people go at it. Yep. Yep. So... Right. So that basically, that's that's what you're saying is that you know it's a sex that's club. a pervert's paradise. It is a pervert's paradise because ah. you have porn. We, we have you... sex clubs here. We have sex clubs here. That's a sex club. It's we not a bathhouse. It's not a it's not a bathhouse, but it is a porno yeah. club that has a back room where you can it's hook up sex. and there's glory holes and that's all the that. Yeah, it's a sex club. Period. Yeah, but I mean. You don't want to subject the children to that kind of shit. Exactly. Bingo. There and you knowing go. them, like I said in my video today, knowing them, they will do some kind of expose with the strippers that are next door. And if they show fucking boobs, I am going to fucking lose my shit. Because I will be on the phone with the city faster than their heads can fucking spin and go, what the fuck are you allowing in your town? Or within your city limits. I don't know if it's in within city limits or not. If it's not, I'll go to the state police. I, I would almost bet it's probably well, it's, not in the city limits. Or yeah, county. I think no. Yeah, you yeah you would go to the county sheriff's department. Cause, because cause that, when, didn't the guy say it was like out, out on Route seventy something? You know, yes, seventy one. Yeah. They're literally running in the field that is owned by the strip club and the fucking porn store. That's the problem okay. with it. Yep. It's right next door to the porn store and the fucking strip club. And you can't tell wow. me that the strip club and the porn store aren't going to have the regular customers during this wrestling show. Exactly. Then you're going to have to... You know what? What people choose to do with their life is their business. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not going to sit there and judge you. Know, what What you do behind closed doors, what you want to, you know, do whatever. But there's a limit. When you, yeah, you know, you exposing kids to something like this. No. Come on. It should be a 21 and up show. It should. Yeah. Okay. Listen to me. Listen to me, Joey Grunge, who is a good friend of mine, he runs Midwest Impact Pro uh, down in Lincoln, Illinois, and the School of Smothers. Not too keen on Tracy Smothers, but I'm okay with Joey Grunge. He runs a good business. Um, The thing about it is he has a biker rally convention that he's doing this weekend, I think this Saturday night. It is a 21 and up show. They will not allow kids anywhere near this place. Would I say to people that want to take their kids to the event that is happening June 9th in Ottawa outside of the Silver Slipper Saloon and Brown Bag Adult Video, 
You might as well leave your kid in the fucking car while you go in and get a handy and a blowjob. Or get your lap dance. Because that's what you're pretty much telling me that's acceptable now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And while you're, you know, getting your, you're getting your hemi or hand job or whatever, getting tossing your cookies inside the, the venue, there could be people hemi? out there scoping out your What's damn children hemi? in the car. Um, What's the hemi? Thank you. <laughs> All right. You know. Getting a homer on your hot dog. All right. Oh, good God. Huh? Let me look this up. You don't know what a Hummer is, okay. Sean? I don't, I don't know what a Hummer is. I'm going to slap you. I will so slap you. I got a Hummer from a trainee. <laughs> hey, no, hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. It could still be a good Hummer. It doesn't matter if it's a trainee. <laughs> um, they had you perfect know, pitch. <laughs> that's the problem with this. The other thing that I sat down and talked about today is... Uh, that we're going to close with. This is going to be our closing topic tonight because this is the way I wanted to close. Um, when it says wrestling on the marquee, it needs to be wrestling. It yes. cannot be a cluster of just, Yeah, absolutely. That what she said. It cannot be uh, just absolute chaos and twenty million matches. And we have a pre-show that lasts two hours before the show, and that's fully booked. And then we have a show booked on top of that. And holy fuck balls, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I said today, the limit, the, the prime number for anyone should be between seven and eight. I like the number eight because you can split it right down the middle. You can have four matches, break, four matches, go home. You keep everybody I, I happy that theory way. In, I can see your theory in that, but I'm also mm-hmm. the kind of guy that, We'll push the envelope and do more than, you know, I'll do 12. Oh, good God. Just because just cause I know it can be done time management-wise. That's the whole key, time management-wise. It and can be done, but it doesn't need to be done. Because well, this, is, this is true. This is true, but yeah. it is more than you know, enough. Give, give the devil his due. You know, I had 11 matches on the card. I had a baby announcement with the – Couple that was supposed to work the show, she was pregnant. When I booked her, didn't know she she had just found out she got pregnant. So uh, I told her, said, well, since she's going to be with you anyway, why don't you come out and you know make your baby announcement to everybody and let her know that's the reason why she's not performing tonight. Then the guy that was helping me run the show, he was getting engaged, so he was proposing to his fiance. So we incorporated that into the show, and it went off front when we did it at a gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we we planned all this stuff, it was like the end of end of month in September, hurricane season in Florida. Great. Weather was fine. Weather was fine and everything. The day before the show, weather was fine. Well, we did our show that Saturday. A nor'eastern came in. The whole oh, weekend was screwed up weather. We were supposed to do it out on their deck out, outside. We were lucky enough we could bring we brought it inside. And I found out, you know, 
as we're getting done setting everything up, when it's shitty weather like that out at the beaches, people don't venture out. Bingo. <laughs> right. No. We, no. Didn't, we didn't have a great crowd. We had probably 140 that came out through that mess. They were entertained from the beginning all the way up to the end. Nobody left. Well, that's the, that's the key thing. You know, that's the key thing. Can you keep can you keep them there? That's what right. I talked about today. Can you keep them there? If you draw 300 people, can you keep them there for all of that? And Why and the it? thing is, it was just shy of a three-hour show, like maybe three minutes. We're looking back at the footage and everything. Three minutes shy of a three-hour show. With all that stuff going on, pre-show, then the the wrestling show, the baby announcement, intermission, and after intermission, mm-hmm. the wedding proposal, and then going back into you know the wrestling show. Mm. Everybody stayed. Can't beat that. I believe shows can go three hours. I'm a firm believer in yeah. that. I've seen it happen, and I've seen it work. I was also the guy that attended one of. Whoops, you cut out, Sean. Oops. I said I was one of the guys that uh, attended Ian Rotten's show, and, and that lasted five hours. Wow. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, I understand dark, long man, ones because, good... I mean, yo, when when you do a TV taping, you're doing a lot of matches, and it's a, and it's a long and it's a long night. But right, right. still, you know, that's different than just doing a straight house show and having it run for five hours. Uh, there oh, y'all, y'all want to hear a good the one? People, the people didn't leave. Go ahead, was... go ahead, Rick. There is a, a promotion <laughs> that's AIWF affiliate that uh-huh. the other couple of weeks ago they posted on Facebook that they got a hold of the Guinness Book of World Record people to fill out an application. They want to run the world's largest battle royal, 24-hour battle royal. Now, you tell me, how in the blue hell are you going to sit there and run a 24-hour battle royal, have people come to it, have vendors come out to it, and keep people there 24 hours? You're not, because you, you, the way you would have to do something like that, you would have to advertise it as a lock-in. And even and at, like, be, 6 or 7 a.m., people are going to want breakfast and want to go home. They And and it's supposedly it's supposed to be for some kind type of cause. They haven't said what the cause was for. They said Jeez. some of the money will be going to the cause, but they still haven't said what the cause is going to be. They said that they've got, last I heard, they had um, – 125 people interested in taking part in this. There's they're wanting to get a minimum of 250 to 300 people involved in it. Huh. I personally don't see how it's, it's going to work out. There's no reality in that. There's no logic yeah. in that. It would be it would be a filming nightmare. Let's film for 24 fucking hours straight. You know, and I think they're going to use one ring. How the hell are so. you going to? No! Oh, the 
only way you so, could do uh, that would be like World War Three, and you'd actually so I, have to make it World War Four because you'd need like four fucking rings, and they would have to well, be see, big the, rings, like twenty twos by twenty twos. See, this this is my thought process on it, and I don't really want to go into it because then someone's going to steal the idea. But yeah. <laughs> my thing is, is like, well, what are you going to do? Well, I talked to the, I guess, the person in charge of, you know, trying to put this thing together. Well, it's more like the Royal Rumble style, but for uh, we can't say it's a Rumble type of match. So basically, okay. I got thinking about it. You watched WWE do the world's largest Royal Rumble in, yep. in Saudi Arabia. Yep. So yep. You, you, you geniuses come up with the idea, hey, let's run a 24-hour battle royal. We can't call it a Royal Rumble because we don't want to seem like, you know, we're trying to sponge off of WWE's, you know, Excuse thing. Me. So we'll just say it's a 24-hour battle royal. Mm-hmm. How in the world no. are you going to have 250, 300 guys do this? Right. There ain't no way. It's, yeah, it's because obviously, and- yeah, because obviously, you know, if you go by battle royal rules, once the, you know, once the guy is tossed out, that's it. He can't come back, you know, so where are you going to find all these guys? Where are you, yeah, that where are you getting all this need- talent? Yeah, exactly. Thank and you. Where you getting, and, and what is your expense expense account like? You know, like do you have any oh, expensive Boy, listen to this. Apparently, really, from what I understand, the guys are doing here. it for free. Oh my god! I don't oh, know if that's god. true or I am not. Right now, I heard a rumor we... that they're doing it for free. Okay, because they guys, need to get oh, a chance to really? get the Guinness Book of World Records. Okay. okay, right now I am doing the world famous Danny Cage Monster Factory face palm. With your jizz eye. Oh? Yes. <laughs> Leave his jizz eye alone, man. Leave him alone. Jizz eye. <laughs> but, you know, George, I, you I, I personally I try to wrap my head around it. I don't see how it's happened, how it's going to happen. Well, there's no yeah, way. Exactly. I wouldn't there's, even want to be involved in that kind of no, match. No logical way that that is going to happen. That would be like me. Okay, there's a concept that I came up with, and I'm going to reveal it. Uh, not in its full context. I'm not going to reveal all the rules. But basically what it would be would be an ultimate X inside of a steel cage. And Steve Kane looked at me, and he goes, how in the fuck are you going to do this? I said, very easily. You attach the X to the steel cage. You have the cable run across the top of the cage. They get the contractor or whatever, and whoever gets the contract and escapes the cage wins. And he was like, well, that's fucking different. He didn't say the word fuck because he never says the word fuck, but he goes, that's different. I said, it could work. I said, because it's never been done. But planning it. And logistics of that yeah, are a nightmare. You have because you to, have you to have make to sure, have, right? You have to have you have to have actually because in that in that type of instance, you have to you have to run steel cable, right? For that because 
that is the that is the only device that will have the tensile strength to be able to hold the weight of multiple guys. Plus, it has to be oh, set up in such a way that um, it will it will stay tight to the cage structure. Right, and that you know. Uh, unless unless you unless you figure a way to do it separate, you know, of but attached to the the cage structure. So there's yeah. You know, right. So there's a lot of stuff that has to you know. It would be, be a wicked put cool in match, before it could do you. it. Yeah. I, I think NXT could get away with doing something like that. People would lose their minds, especially if you were to use the cage that engulfed the whole ringside area, like a hell in a cell. And then put the put the cross cables in there above the ring, and people would go, "What the hell is this?" Exactly. I mean, seriously, the shock factor on something like that is huge, and that's what they don't have in creative. Is guys sitting there going, "Okay, you've done this, but what if we do this? What if what if we add a twist on this and twist it in a way that is going to make us some money?" Okay. One of the things that I did, I had a six-man tag team match in 2012 that we needed a stipulation for. And Steve Kane and I talked around some different ideas, and we finally agreed upon something that had never been done. You take six guys, you throw them in the ring with two or three referees with microphones, and you have it be an I quit match. The only way they can be eliminated is by uttering the words, I quit. And that made for an interesting match. Anything went, anything, um, you know, tables were used, um, stuff that the fans brought was used. It was a wild match. But the only way somebody could be eliminated was by making their opponent say, I quit. Mm -hmm. So it was very cool. Um, It worked. It's something that I'd like to try again in the future, maybe an even an eight-man tag. Um, because it worked. Definitely going to try that on a regular tag match because it worked and it's different. And if you do it right and you have enough microphones and you have two referees, you can have one out there in the ring and one out there on the floor. To where if you've got four guys and two guys fighting in the ring, two guys fighting on the floor, they're asking every couple minutes, do you quit? Um, hey, I got an interesting idea for a, a show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do the world's biggest battle royal in 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it, they will come. No, they will not come. They They will refuse to come, and then will refuse to come again. Sounds like a porno. Yeah, it does. You have a better chance of getting people to come to a porno. <laughs> well, I think you can get. I think you could. I think you could pretty much guarantee that one. <laughs> Someone's gonna uh, come out ahead. <laughs> if you build well, it, he will go. come. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, evidently, that's what this company that's running in Ottawa, next to the strip club and the adult film stories. Thinking, if we build it, they will come in more <laughs> ways than one. I will come. Oh, they will come. 
Has there ever been a 3D porno movie? Oh, oh uh, probably. Uh, yes, yes, I believe, I believe there, I believe there was at one time. See, oh, now you, now you, there used to be interactive porn too. Yeah, I, I, okay. I've made a joke about it for years. You know, I say, hey, let's do a 3D porno movie, and I got a perfect title for it. I said, what's that? I said, coming at you. <laughs> see now, see now you're, see now you're, now you're gonna, now you're gonna make me look this up, because like I say, I know that I've heard, you know, of one. So now I'm now, so now I'm now you got now you got me going here. I'm gonna have to. What was it called? Rapid fire. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna see because because if I remember right, like I say, if I'm remembering right, I think there I think there was an attempt at this at one point back in back in the 80s. Oh, which of course was which of course was the was the heyday of the adult industry. So poor Tracy Lord. Oh God. Uh, Your joke of the day is this. Uh, girls and guys. Five Guys is a burger joint, not a week. Or there was something else that it said, not a uh, everyday week. I don't get. It. You don't get it. Five Guys is a burger. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.